Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. It's another In Conversation episode. You've got Brad Mel and Matt Blanchard for this one. And we're talking to a, a real Iron Legend today. Over 200 appearances across three spells. And we're going to be chatting about all the spells. Uh, Paul Hayes, how you doing, Paul? How are we doing, guys? You good? Yeah, not bad, Tar, not bad. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll start, we'll start right back at the beginning uh, and we're going to start with, with you at Norwich because that's where you were as a youth player and you first come to Scunthorpe on a trial. So I guess how did that sort of trial come about and what, was, what, was, what were you doing? What was it like in your first couple of weeks at the club? Jesus, well, that's, well, yeah, that's nearly 20 years ago. So, um, yeah, and so how we started was obviously I was... I got on the bench twice at Norwich uh, for the first team as a youth team boy and I thought I was really going to push on and get a pro and, and get involved. But the following year, for whatever reason, politics or people didn't think it was good enough, I just felt I was getting lied to about this, that and the other. And I, maybe I was just there for numbers. Um, and I found myself obviously nowhere near the first team and back with the youth team again in my third year YT, which was, that's what you did, had back there, you had a three-year youth team scholarship uh, instead of this, obviously having two years now. So it was a case of, Turning obviously just turning 19 and still playing sort of under 17s football, should we say under 18s football, was a little bit of a an iron opener. And then um, my youth team manager at the time, A.G. Boothroyd, um, who I got along really well and looked after me, said that he went on a coaching course and he spoke, he spoke to Brian Laws there and he mentioned myself maybe um, probably more likely going to get released at Norwich and do I want to have a, have a go up there? So Brian Laws obviously said to him, yeah, bring him along. I'll have a look at him in games. So I don't know anything about him. So I played two um, two reserve games, um, along with obviously in Guildford at the time that were coming in. Obviously, I was having a look at him from Wigan, and um, and then after that, Brian Laws obviously after the second game said to me, "Yeah, I've seen enough. I want to get you involved. Um, would you like to come across?" And it was sort of an MR thing because I went from a obviously I was in my third year scholarship, and they just want to take over my scholarship uh, of ninety quid a week, and and obviously that. So my concerns were at the time was. Well, if I get released at Norwich at 19 in the Championship as a youth team boy, it's a bit different if I don't get anything at Scunthorpe in League 2 at the time. So, the conversation began on with me and Brian all sort of things. He said, but listen, it's, it's not that case. It's just a case of you coming into the first team, doing well. Once you do well, then you can um, you deserve yourself a pro contract. So, I packed up my stuff. I backed myself. Um, and I thought, do you know what? I, I want to give this a right good go. Packed up my stuff. And off I went in my little clear up to Scunthorpe. I've done a bit, little bit of research actually about your time at Norwich. I think Nigel Worthington said you needed to maybe toughen up a little bit as, as a kind of in the youth team and, and in the reserves, things like that. Hence, sending you on a couple of trials. Um, I think he did say there was no question in your technical ability, but do you think that helped? You know, that move to Scunthorpe helped your career in the whole, you know, going down to a more physical level? No, the, the thing is, obviously, when, when Nigel Worthington said that interview, it was a case of. Um, it was a case of like he, he needed to say something to get me obviously out of doors sort of thing and it was a case it, it, he actually said that when I went down to Torquay about a month before I come up to Scumble. Um so the, the original plan was I went down to Torquay for a few days uh, play, tra- train with a, train with the first team knowing that I could play in the LDV Vans it was back there in the Checker Trophy Cup uh, so they can have a look at me and then potentially take me on loan to the end of the season um, so I went down there for the week um it was Luo Rosinha, who was a manager at the time, looked after me. And then obviously got towards the end of the week when they were playing their game. And he said, like, because you're a youth team uh, player and a contract, you can't, you can't come on loan, you can't play the game because you're already registered to Norwich. So that sort of, obviously, uh, my alarm bells rang the think, Do you know what? And then I've seen an interview come out by uh, Worthington said, oh, Paul's gone down there, we want to toughen him up, that sort of spill. And listen. He could have said toughen up. He could have said my technical ability. He could have said, you know, to, to work on anything sort of thing. He just wanted some excuse to say why I'm down at Torquay to play. Um, because I don't... Obviously, if anything, it probably helped my, my mental state, really, to be around a League Two club, really, to understand what I've maybe coming into, obviously, if I got released at Norwich. But tough-wise, I don't think anything else. Like I said, I was, I was quite a big physical, you know, boy anyway. Do you know what I mean? I was, I was six foot, you know, sort of weighed, you know, half stone. Do you know what I mean? So... 
didn't really need to get toughened up too much. But like I say, I, I thought you'd take it with a pinch of salt. But like I said, how that happened, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I mean, I can't go to Scunthorpe per minute. Listen, I started off my career at Scunthorpe and I love the place, so it was all good. Uh, yeah, and then you you scored in your you actually your second uh, in your second appearance. So that's in the four one home win against Southend. So what are your memories of that goal? Yeah, no, it was um, no really good. Like you say, as anything like any any striker, you know, going to a new club and you want to get off the mark as soon as possible, didn't you? Really. So the fact is, that I come on. I was actually quite fortunate actually because I um, I think Grazy got injured. Uh, Wayne Grace got injured early on. I think after about thirty minutes, uh, thirty five minutes, I recall. And I was thinking, this is obviously me or uh, Andy Partner is going to put on. And um, didn't know what he was going to do. So he uh, chose to pick, put me on. And then, yeah, it was literally after about, I'm pretty sure it's just close to, just into the second half, I think it was. Um, ironically, it's my, um, the goalkeeper at the time who, um, who took the goal kick and thrust it to me at the halfway line was uh, my, old team, my old team at Norwich, uh, my roommate for two years. My, we obviously lived in Dig, Danny Gay. And um, he sort of like thrust his goal kick. And I always thought at the time, you know, always stand in front of the defender, you know, for goal kicks because you never know if that one chance a goalkeeper does shank it towards you or kick the ground or whatever he does, you're, you're first to react. So I always did that for quite a long time in my career. So um, ironically, it was the second game in, he's, he's obviously shanked it straight to, to me along the floor. But still, you've still got a little bit to do because you're, I'm sort of 45 yards from goal. Um, my old teammate from Charlton, Leon Cook's next to me, who, uh, as you know, he's a six foot three, uh, athletic defender. Um, so I gave myself about five yards in front of him anyway to take a touch. But obviously, as you touch, got to go a little bit, you know, close to goal. I'm running through, and I can see him catching me up gradually, gradually. And then obviously, Danny Gay's come out as a keeper, and I was just thinking over him, and it's gone into the goal, and it was just, you know, it was just a nice, nice relief to to get off the mark ASAP in my first, like I say. Um, career goal in the professional game and then not long after that you obviously scored that great goal against Hull and I think the footage has recently resurfaced online and we've not seen that for years um, talk us through that goal and also you know how was it to play in those derbies against Hull particularly as a young player um, you know good atmospheres things like that yeah no it was brilliant like um, you know, obviously after that game I think we beat Southampton 4-1 that game so I was, I was made up um, obviously went out and went out that Saturday night with Matthew Barrow into Scunthorpe, um, as you do, you know, sort of uh, see your first goal, and um, and I thought, you know what, this is this is brilliant. And we play Rex on the following Saturday, thinking, right, you know, looking forward to this. We done, we played Friday, we obviously trained Friday, done a bit of shape, and um, and I was on the bench, and I thought, oh, I can't believe this. Like, I just, you know, just come on, um, scored the goal, um, as you do, young, you come on, you score, you get man of match, even though probably I wasn't worth man of match that day, I don't know, but you know, you, you do, do you know, you take that sort of thing. And then, um, and then Lawsy obviously put me on the bench, getting Brexham away, and I thought, I need to do to get started, do you know what I mean? I've just, just scored, and you know, I'm buzzing, sort of thing, I was brilliant through the week. Um, and they put me on the bench, but you know, as you look back, you think, you know, what a, what a good, great decision he made there as a, as a manager because. Sometimes you, you play players too soon and, it, you know, it could obviously, it could affect them, you know, could have a poor game. And also, I think at that time, I think we were probably just mid-table just below and I think Wrexham were in around the playoffs, I can remember, and they were, doing, they were playing really well. Um, so, he probably thought he wants to pack out his midfield and he wants to go with a little bit more experience. So, which is understandable at the time, but, you know, looking back, sorry, but at the time, I was thinking, I'm a bit undone by it sort of thing. But we played poor the first half and then I come on the second half and, you know, we played a little bit better sort of thing. We obviously didn't win, but... Um, and then yeah, we're going into the next week playing whole um whole at home and he he selected me. Um and then just building up to it, because obviously Nigel was the physio at the time. We had um obviously Russell Wilcox, sister manager, and Brian Laws, which is, you know, through all of them, they were near you know, scunny through and through. Um, you know, with Russ being the next player, Nigel being there for so many years, obviously Laws being the manager for so many years as well. It was like a build up to say, look, this is this is the biggest game, you know, obviously apart from Grinsby in a way, because you know, Grinsby is the biggest one, but they, they've always been so many years, you know, so many years they've been above us in the league, so we haven't been able to play them. So, Hull is our, our local lift rival, really, that we play. Um, and it means a lot to the fans, really. They looked for this one. So, um, I, I sort of knew that, that it was going to be a massive game. We're at home as well. Um, so, naturally, just, you know, you don't need so much motivation. You know, you should do as a, as a player to kick in, really, to think, do you know what? This means a lot to the fans, means a lot to the club, so it means a lot to me, sort of thing. And, like you say, just just from the you know straight from the whistle, I just I was just ready. I just you know just game, and I, and I always believed in myself that if I play well, 
you know, the, the team itself normally, you know, should play well. Because I always, I always believe you're only as good as your strikers, really. And if you've got, you know, strikers playing well and doing well, it creates the midfielders to be a lot easier and the defenders should have a more of an easier game sort of thing. It should be kept in the other half, really. So, um, me and uh, Martin Carruthers, obviously, up front, was doing really well. We had, obviously, Sparrow and Beagley on either wing. Um, and we just, you know what I mean? We were just, we just up for it. We were just, you know, buzzing for it. And, like I say, I got off the mark. And, like you say, it was... It, it's one of them goals that obviously like I say it was my best goal I've scored for the club, but everything's instinct. So as as I think it was Ian Kilford's kicked it up the field to clear it, I've got in front of my man and I've taken a touch, thinking right, I'm going to have a touch here to obviously hold it up, sort of thing. But as if you if you look at the, the video um, thing, my touch has gone up in the air a little bit. So I've seen the defender coming to try and take take it off me. Instinct is right. I'm going to flick it over his head. So I flicked it over his head and I thought, geez. I'm a little bit, I'm, you know, I'm one-on-one with a goalie now from 50 yards, as you say. So my natural instinct is right, touch towards goal. Um, and then I just, just back myself to run towards goal. I saw obviously someone catching me and I've obviously put my arm up. He's fallen on the floor, um, running towards goal. And I thought, right, well, I'm on the 18-yard box now. I'm going to uh, give this, a, you know, going to obviously kick this towards goal. And you, say, you always get taught as a young boy to cross the goal. Um, and I've made some great contact with the, with the ball and it's gone across the goal, into the goal. And... I say just everywhere's just exploded, it's just gone nuts. We one nil up and we've just gone from there. And then, like you say, you sort of build on your confidence and you're winning one nil against the local rivals and we were, we were just up for it, do you know what I mean? And, and to uh you know to go on and win the game, it was brilliant. Yeah, and obviously as we were saying, you you make an impact really early on and with those goals you've just talked about. You said at the start of this episode that it was on your mind the sort of the notion of the contract if you get released by Norwich and then you weren't signed for Scunthorpe, what happens then? But you do get that pro contract quite early on. So you signed for Scunthorpe in December in 2002 uh, and then by March uh, 03 you're awarded that pro contract. So what, what does it feel like getting that first contract? Yeah, do, do you know what? So obviously I was, I was nine at the time and you know back then you, you're a bit naive and a little bit, you know, all you want to do is play football. Do you know what I mean? You just want to play football. And I was enjoying it because I was training, obviously. To me, I felt like a pro anyway, even though I was on 90 quid a week being a youth team contract at Scunford, I say, I was a youth team boy there. I was um, training with the first team. I had the days off of the first team. I was travelling with the first team, playing football, having pre-matches with them. Do you know what I mean? I was socialising with the first team. So regardless of your contract, I felt like a first team player. But So I just obviously carried on, like you say, I scored obviously against Southend, scored against Hull. Then obviously went on a couple of games I didn't score, and then I scored obviously the next game, and then I think it got to um, March time, and um, and it crossed your mind. I think, well, how long is it going to go on for? Like you know, like before obviously you get your pro contract, because by that time I think I've scored. I think I've played something like um, I think I was at twelve or thirteen games in, and there's still not been any talks really of a, of a pro contract. And obviously scored obviously I don't know, four or five goals during that time, um, but it didn't, it didn't cross my mind to think I wasn't going to get one. But you know when you're thinking like. When are we? Because I, you know, it's my first pro contract ever. I want, you know, want to celebrate it. You know, I want to tell mum and dad about it. So, um, yeah, it was a case. I think they they pulled me in March because my agent at the time um, said there was Wolves and some other club in in the championship that were really interested in taking me because obviously the the money situation wouldn't have cost the club anything because obviously money probably would have been Norwich rather than Scunthorpe for uh, for a tribunal. Um, but obviously. Straight away, I was like, no, do you know what? Scunthorpe's been, been good to me. They've looked after me. They've been loyal to me to, to take me in, to play me. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm very much like, you know, if, if someone looks after me, I try and look after them sort of thing. And they, um, my dad straight away said to me, like, you know, don't, don't even look about going anywhere else. If Scunthorpe want to play games, then we can look elsewhere. But if they're happy to have you, then let's get this sorted. So um, I think um, Lawsy pulled me in and said, like, right, we want to want to sit down now. We've spoken to the chairman, Stephen Wall. Uh, Yes, uh, Stephen Walton, wasn't it? Um, yeah, you know, about, about a contract, and um, sorry, I, I was just calling Mr. Chairman, uh, <laughs> or calling, or calling Grandad, because <laughs> I felt like it was like a Grandad figure to me. Do you know what I mean? I lost, obviously, I didn't have my, I lost my Grandad at eleven, um, so I didn't really have a Grandad growing up, sort of thing. So he, he looked after me so well, um, so I just called him. Obviously, privately, I called him Grandad, but obviously, when everyone's around, I called him Mr. Chairman as that respect. So um, yeah, look, uh, Lloyd said I want to go in and, and speak about contract I had an agent at the time um with world in motion called mark bennett and um yeah so obviously told my told him and he's like right don't do anything you know i'm speaking to championship clubs gonna um well i'll come up there we'll get the deal done sort of thing and then i was in the dad phone and i said listen um no you're not doing anything i'm gonna go with paul i'm gonna sort this out 
So obviously agents like, well, no, you can't do that because you're under contract. My old man was like, well, you can watch me because I'm going to go up there now and I'm going to sort this out. So we didn't tell him when we were going to do it, but obviously Dad's come up, um, sit in the board meeting, ballroom, sorry, with um, Mr. Walton and Brian Laws and, and me and my dad sort of thing. And I've gone, right, okay. Balls done ever so well. We'll offer him a two and a half year deal. Um, you know, starting on this. And to be honest, it was, it, it was, was pennies. That really was. We weren't much more than what I was on, really, if I'm honest. <laughs> and um, and I, I was like, well, no, that ain't going to work. Because um, you've got every other player, even players that ain't even nowhere near the, the first team, or miles more than that. Like, what? that isn't fair on, on pole sort of thing. So we negotiated, sort it out sort of thing. Good as gold, signed a contract, got it all sold there and then. All done, happy. Um, and um, done it. And then obviously phone my agent. And he's like, right, that's it. You know, you've broken you've broken lawyers, like you can't be signing contracts when without my presence sort of thing. I was like, listen, you either accept this going on or you know, we'll, we'll fight you in court, we'll just leave you and go elsewhere, it's not a problem. Um we, we we were never gonna speak to you about speaking to Scumfort because we've got a personal relationship with Scumfort, we've looked after Paul. Uh I've got a personal relationship with the chairman and the manager and it's, it's done and dusted. And um and it was it was I was really, really relieved to to get to sign my contract, to get it all sorted, dusted, knowing that my my future I'm settled. Um, I'm enjoying my football. Uh, I love the lads, and um, and I just want to start my journey. Um, so now I was really, really pleased and happy about it. As you mentioned, you obviously scored quite a few goals that season. I think it was eight, um, and there was a bit of an injury to Torps as well, so he was missing for quite long spells. So you got to play with Martin Carruthers. How was that as a partnership? Yeah, it was good. Like I said, when and obviously I mean this in the most respectful way. When I've come from Norwich. As a 19-year-old boy and went down to Scunthorpe, I didn't know any players. And, and hand on heart, I didn't even know where Scunthorpe was. And that's how ignorant I was. Listen, technology was a little bit different back there. Like, we didn't have much of the internet, didn't know much of the world sort of thing. <laughs> and, um, and it was just, it's because obviously I had my heart and my eyes just set on nourishing that alone sort of thing. And um, so when I first came to Scunthorpe, I didn't know too many, I obviously didn't know any players. I didn't know too much about their past or anything like that. I just wanted to focus on what I was doing and what the players were doing it. So, obviously, I got, I got to see talks in, I think, the first one or two games sort of thing. And then he got injured. And he was injured, like you say, from then all the way up to just before we got into the playoffs. Um, so, it was like a, it was like injured for like a four-month thing, I think it was, uh, which was a very long time. I don't know what it was. I think it might have been his knee or it was something serious. Um, but at the time, we didn't know. We thought he was only going to be out for a couple of weeks and it got longer and longer and... Back then, you didn't have machines and so much, obviously, physios didn't know too much about what was going on. Even though Nigel was brilliant at his job, he didn't really have the people to back him to know what was really, really the problem sort of thing, I think. And uh, like you say, the scans back then weren't probably as, you know, as accurate as they are now sort of thing. So I think it was, it was we thought it was going to be short-term, but it turned into a long-term thing. So me and me and Gandhi, we called him, Martin Carruthers, um, started up a partnership. And I think it was... I think at the time there, it worked out really well because we both had opposite things where uh, Carruthers wanted to break the line and score the goals and I wanted to maybe come and link and play and, and do more things. I thought technically I thought I was quite good, that I can go and play and, and link up and I like the way that I played up front but then drop in the hole to... Uh, back then, we didn't have number 10s, but I acted like a number 10, do you know what I mean? Where I was a nine to go into a 10 and um, and we just playing off each other sort of thing and any through balls I'm going through he was running on two or we'll both he worked extremely hard which probably helped me out as well because I didn't work as hard as him so um, it was one of them that you know we, we helped we complimented each other sort of thing and it was good because also I looked at Gandhi as like a obviously he was an older player a senior player who's been around the blocks he will tell you stories he'll look after you and do you know what I mean we built up a relationship where obviously he we obviously had a good relationship on the field but then off the field we were going out a little bit as well I know he lived in Nottingham but invited me out in Nottingham a few times saw that Christmas do's do you know what I mean if we in Scumford he'll come out and come out of us sort of me Sparrow uh, Grazy uh, Terry Barwick uh, Nathan Stanton you know like the the younger group um, Jamie McCoon you know we'd all go out together in Doncaster or whatever and, and Gandhi would always be with us um, because he loved the night out so um, it was quite good that sort of looked to him obviously off the field but on the field it was, it was quite interesting even though he weren't a great pro <laughs> But he had that togetherness as a lad, sort of like you know, let's go on a night out, let's, let's do, you know do this. But then on the on the pitch, you just grafted, and I just it was weird to me to see someone who, you know, didn't really look after himself off the field, but on the field, he was rarely injured. He worked hard. Jimmy you know I mean? got his goals. Do you know what I mean? He, he was always fit. Um, 
and he was just it was just brilliant. Like I say, his, his character is is do you know what I mean? It's just around around the change. It was it was good for me. Um, and like you say, I played with, with Gandhi for a long time. Um, and then obviously we got obviously close to the playoffs, and then Talks just got himself fit just beforehand, I think it was. And um, Lawsy obviously liked uh, Talks a lot, and wanted to get me involved. And then he obviously and Gandhi had to suffer for that. Yeah, you mentioned the playoffs, so let's let's go on to that because obviously you are a young player, but you you're playing in sort of big games. Uh, you're right from the off. You know we've mentioned the derbies, but also the run up and the playoffs against Lincoln. So how disappointing was it that game ultimately? Yeah, I think I think at the time I think that, like I said, like when you're 19, you you know when you're playing, you're so not that you got your head up your own ass, but just the fact is you you're so sort of naive, you're so sort of self confident, you're so believing. You know, I felt at the time. Whatever I was going to touch was going to turn to gold in a way. And like I say, I've gone straight into Scunthorpe, done really well, played, played obviously, played my game, scored my goal. Don't get me wrong, there's a few games I didn't play well in sort of thing, but on the whole, I was, I was having a reasonably okay half of the season, scoring goals and stuff like that. And I felt, felt really confident in myself. And then going into the playoffs, like you say, we, we was in there, I think, with a, yeah, that was it. I think with a game to go, I think it was, we, we got in there because we, um, I think, yeah, I think we went down to Shrewsbury, I think, and we, um, we, we was already through, but I had a bit of a niggle. And I didn't play. So um, going into the players of Lincoln, I thought, you know what, I um, backed ourselves. They probably had maybe a, a tad better squad than what we did um, for personnel and stuff like that. Because I remember them playing three at the back and they were, they were quite big physical lads sort of thing. And they didn't really concede too many goals. Um, so and I, know, I think they, they beat us anyway, previous to one of them, before the playoffs anyway. So I knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, so playing them was, um, I knew it was going to be tough, but I backed myself and we went down there to their place full of confidence. Um, and then it was just a, it was just a complete mad game. Um, you know, to, to, in the playoffs to score three goals away from home, you know, you should be coming away there winning a the game, whether it's three, one or three nil or three, two, you shouldn't be coming away from there. So we've, we've ended up losing five, three. And I'm, I think I remember seeing, looking back on it, sort of two or three goals where, there was just kamikaze goals where you're thinking, this, this is schoolboy error. Um, it was just very, very inwardly. I'm just very, very disappointed just thinking, we've, we're going home to a 2 0 loss, really, over 5 3 sort of thing. And it was, um, it was just really, really hard. But then, either way, I just thought, Do you know what? I still back myself. Do you know what I mean? I still back to us and Scunthorpe to turn us around to get an early goal and, and change us around and, and really go for it and get another goal and then make it really interesting in the tie. But we, we didn't even get going in the second, second, um, the second uh, leg sort of thing. The first leg, like I say, we had, we had a goal and then we had a sloppy, I think, 20 minutes and we just conceded goals. Ridiculous, stupid goals. And then, like I said, the second leg, we just we just didn't even get started. Um, don't know if it was whether the, the occasion got to the better of us players or we were we just ran out of steam during the whole season because it was very an emotional, draining, hard season. Um, or the fact is, just Lincoln were better than us. I think it was all three of them, if I'm honest, that I can remember. Um and they were just they were just they were just too good for us on the day, and we you know like I said we lost one 0 at home. I think it was I mean yeah it was scored I think uh, on the breakaway because we were just trying to try and bombard them with, with a goal and they just soaked it up and then they, they got it and they made it six three and it was, it was game gone then. Um, and I just remember feeling after the game just feeling so so like so drained so so I was I didn't have enough energy to be angry. I was just so so sad so disappointed so upset um, and it did take me good good few probably about a week to get over that um, just because I just thought like this, how the season's gone like you say I've gone from being around Norwich first team to going to Scumple Control to scoring on my second game to getting a pro contract to going on I think I scored 18, 16 games and then going into the playoffs it was just it just seemed like getting better and better and better and I just I was just enjoying myself and then I was like bang season's finished now just got into the playoffs and lost and it was it was just disappointing that it wasn't close than what it was. It just felt like the whole season as a whole just felt wasted at that time for a, for a 19-year-old boy that just really wanted to kick on. I was just thinking we could be in League One now and go back on because the big thing for me was A.D. Boothroy was, was brilliant for me as a youth team boy. He always, you come in and he said, like, you should have a short-term, a medium and a long-term goal. And I took that with me and he said, right, well, when you, when you leave it, you need to give yourself a short-term goal. So let's just say, you know, you've left here, you give yourself, I said to myself, right, I want to get myself a pro contract and I want to play for Scunthorpe's first team. That's my short-term goal. That's what it is. Medium goal, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, by the time I'm 23, I'm going to be playing championship football again because I've been released by a championship club or division one back then. 
Um, and I'm setting myself there sort of three and a half years to get myself back in the Championship. I believe myself in long term was I just said like, you know, I want to have a long career, get myself a family, a house. And that was, that's how I set myself. So I thought, right, OK, if we get promoted into League One, I'm, that, I'm a season, only one season away from a good season for being in the Championship before I'm 23. So I've even I've got my medium goal into a short term goal in a way. That's what I was, just too many things going through your head as a 19 year old thinking that, you know, it's been disappointing. So it was it drained me a lot. And it took me, like I say, a good week to get a little bit over it. And then I went back home because obviously I was in, I was only in Diggs, obviously up there with Richard Kell in a family. Um, actually with uh, um, Andy Dawson's um, wife, he's her, um, her dad put me up obviously in Diggs for, for two and a half years. I was up there. So I went home and I obviously tried to get away from it. But, but then obviously come back pre-season and obviously I was buzzing for it. And then obviously that summer Steve McLean came in and given you'd had obviously a good season the season before, scored a few goals and um, you know had, had a relatively good campaign, was it a little bit disappointing to see Laws bringing another striker given that you knew kind of Steve Torpy was a favourite of Laws and he'd probably be one of the first names on the team sheet? Yes, it did. But first and foremost, so when I went away that, that summer, I went home and do you know what? Back then, you don't, you didn't have like a um, set program what you should do, and um, and it was hard because you obviously got Pete Beer and Pete Beer. Always a case of I'm fit in the season, I'm off, I'm I'm not fit in the off season, and then my pre season is about getting fit. And because I didn't have a a program from a championship side, it was just a case of right, go and do a few runs and then come back pre season. I took that literally as in like played obviously played the season, played a lot of games, scored goals. Do you mean I was golden boy up there at that time, sort of thing, a new boy on the thing, and it sort of, in a way, went a little bit to my head in the off season where I didn't look after myself. So when I come back pre season, and trust me, back then Lawsy battered us pre season, disgustingly bad. Like pre season now is a doddle compared to the pre season back then. It was horrible, and I've come back overweight. I've come back unfit, and, I, and it took me a while in pre season to to even get going to anywhere near of what I should have been. I was, I was already two weeks behind everyone else. So whenever we've done runs, I was at back, like way back with, Be- with Beeks as well, which was quite embarrassing because obviously Beeks was like 30, 34 at the time. He, he's been on the boot for like six weeks. He hasn't done no exercise. And, and that's exactly what I was. I was obviously going out with my mates. I, was, I wasn't going for runs. I was eating what I wanted and I wasn't doing exercise. So I was, I was back to square one. So, my pre-season took a while, but obviously because I've done well the season before, Lawsy obviously played me, start the season. And I think I start the season probably in a state of, well, I'll just carry on from last season. It's not a problem. I've got myself reasonably but half fit now. I'll carry on from last season naturally as, as, as my, my form and my confidence, things like that. And I remember, obviously, I think I scored on my opening day at Rochdale, I think it was 3-1, I think it was. Um, and I thought, right, this is, do you know what I mean? Just natural, it's just going to be coming sort of thing. And then I think I remember... Um, Obviously, he's gone in. He's gone and got obviously Steve McLean as a as a um, in on loan sort of thing. And there's rumours. Do you know what I mean it's a case of we've got him on loan, but he has to start every game now. So in your head, you're thinking as a player, thinking, well, if Steve McLean has to play, that only leaves one other place, and that's between me and Talks now. So I'm thinking, all oh, right, but I know he quite likes Talks, but then I know he likes me. So that that goes through your mind, thinking, right, okay, if if we've all got a case of right, we're all playing for that position, three of us playing for two position, as it's like you know. It's a free for all. Do you know what I mean? You, you back yourself when you think, well, there's only one place free now because you hear this rumor sort of thing, and and it's one of them sort of thing. And then to be honest, like I say, I think you probably got the better of me thinking, right? You know, I felt a bit hard done by a little bit. Stevie's um, Stevie's coming and scored. Obviously, Steve, uh, talks was playing and that sort of thing, and was trying to rotate sort of thing. And I think obviously, I, I, just, I just think I just remember myself seeing a little bit confidence went a little bit. I probably didn't play as well as I did when he started me, and then obviously Lawsy as he is. He was on me all the time, on me all the time. And I just thought, well, do you know what I mean? It's a bit harsh, do you know what I mean? Like the way he is sort of thing. And don't, don't get me wrong, like when I was at Norwich, I had Nigel Worthy and, and, and people like, and they were, they were old school, they were on me all the day sort of thing. So I could take it, but I just felt a little bit like, a little bit disrespected, a little bit of the things that he was saying to me. And as the season went on, it got worse and worse. Mine and Laws' relationship got worse and worse and we was going a little bit further away from each other sort of thing. And um, I remember... Um, so many things happened in the season there that like in training where like it was on me and I was just I was just sulking I did, obviously I tossed train off a little bit because I wanted a reaction out of him and then he that sort of thing we had our words together and then I remember um, we actually played um, I think we played Lincoln on Sky I think it was and um, and I think we lost 2-0 and I was on the bench anyway so I, 
at that time, I think halfway through the season, obviously, uh, Steve was just scoring goals after goals after goals, doing really well. He talks contributing sort of thing. He was, he was getting gold one every three sort of thing. But I still thought, I'm not, I'm not really adding anything. I'm coming off the bench. I'm not really playing. Do you know what I mean? I, I know I can do more because last year I'm doing well. And I'm just, I was just scratching. I was just eager. I just wanted to play football. And obviously, I think before that, I think, I think you'll come in for me um, on loan. And, um, and Lawsy said, no. And I went to him, I said, listen, why can't I go on loan? Because I'm not playing football here. Just let me go and play football months. And he's like, no. So I got my back up a little bit. And then um, and I think Northampton put a bid in for me. Um, Co- uh, Colin Calderwood was the manager at the time. I think it was about 40 grand or whatever it was, which was a little bit of money back then, but it's nothing compared to now. And, um, and Lawsy said, like, no, no chance. He's not, he's not going, not for sale. Um, and I was like, I, I don't understand. Like, why, if I'm not playing, why don't you sell me? Because I've always known if, you know, I'm always the case that I just want to go and play football. Like, it doesn't matter sort of thing. And he said, no. And I got my back up thinking, well, what am I doing here? Like, I'm away from home. Do you know what I mean? I'm not really playing much football, that sort of thing. And I say, back to Lincoln game. So I remember we were playing Lincoln around December, January time. We was on Sky. And Lincoln were doing well again. Um, they lost in the playoffs, didn't they? The final in Bournemouth when they went up. And um, we lost 2-0. And I think I'll come on for about 10 minutes. And we've, gone in, we've obviously gone into the change room afterwards. I remember thinking, like, you know, he's obviously not going to be happy. And I kid you not, for about 15 minutes, he just battered me. And I was only, I was just obviously just turned 20 years old, and he was just battering me, saying, You know why we're obviously performing this bad? Because I think we were battling for relegation then, because of you, pointed at me, sort of thing. He said, Your attitude, you're this, you're that. And he's just obviously swearing he is. And Laws is quite a passionate guy when he's in the change room. I mean, he's, uh, I've seen a few things that he's done before. And, um, very <laughs> not things that you can do anymore in a change room, trust me. And um and like he's he's an out of me sort of thing. And I said, How can you pick me? I'm not I've played ten minutes for you. How can you blame me for that game? And then obviously we're we're going to each other sort of thing. And he's like, right, if you don't want to be here, tell me now. And I was like, why is he why is he saying this to me now? And he was like, Go on, if you think you're if you think you're this, tell me now that you don't want to be here. Put your hand, tell all the rest of the lads now that you don't want to be here. And I didn't do anything because I thought, you know what, if, if we're going to have this conversation, we should have this privately, we shouldn't have this in front of the lads. So it's not fair on them. Even when I was 20 years old at the time, I thought, you know what, the mature thing is that we'll talk about this one-on-one, not, not in the thing sort of thing. So I left it, got changed as you do, go back home. And then the next... <coughs> the next... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This morning, he's, um, no, sorry, he texted me, I think it was, or he phoned me that night, one or the other. don't know if they texted me, what was it back then? And he was like, right, I want you in my office at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. And this was on a, this was a Wednesday morning, whatever it was, thinking we're never in after games. So I think, okay, this be interesting. And I went in there, and I was like, right. He said, why don't you put up your hand when I said you didn't want to be there? I said, because we're in front of all the lads, why should I do that? He was like saying, because you should be man enough. To, if you're not going to want to be there, tell the lads that you don't want to be here. And I was like, well, no, I think that's disrespectful. I said, if we, I think we should have, if we've got a problem, we should have it out like, in the change room. Like, in the, sorry, in the, in, the, in the office, not in the change room, one-on-one. Um, and he said, all right, you didn't ask my question yesterday. Tell me, do you want to be here anymore? I said, no. He was like, why? Okay, well then, I'll tell the chairman, and off you go. I said, good. I said, I don't want to be here because of you. 
And it's like, right, okay, get out, get out of my office now. Went home, and then I got a call. Uh, sorry, no, then obviously went on training, didn't speak to me, training Thursday, Friday. Then I think the chairman phoned me up, and he was like, right, Paul, I've, I've heard what's going on at the moment. I don't like this sort of thing. I want to have a meeting with you and, and Lawsy, you know, just privately. I'm going to get this solved. I was like, yeah, no problem, Mr. Wharton. Like, no worries, Chairman. Like, it's fine. Like, we'll, we'll come and talk. So I went in there. And then obviously, he was, Lawsy was like, he doesn't want a beer. We need to get rid of him. He's, he's bad egg and that sort of thing. And he was like, no, 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 let's, let's get this sorted. So then obviously, we had it out. We was there for about an hour or two hours, sort of, just chatting sort of thing. We agreed that, like, you know, settle our differences. Scumfords, more importantly, going to get my head down, cause it best I can because we're in a relegation zone. And we crept on to the end of the season. And like I say, luckily, I think at the end of the season, we just managed to stay up. Um, but like I say, it was that season there alone was personally was was really really tough for me. Um, but also felt disappointed with some of the lads. Like I say, the way that they performed, but yet they were still playing, um, and it was just a disaster season. Like you say, Steve McLean scored thirty two goals that season. I think like cup and competition. I think he scored like twenty six in the league. I think it was. And the fact is, we we come third from bottom in League Two was just you know he's just it was just that just was the icing on the cake to think that you know how can you strike and score twenty six goals in the league. But yet we're from bottom and we just stayed up because the other teams were worse than us. And it was, do you know what I mean, there was just so many things that going on that season. It was, it was terrible. It was hard. None boys performed. Training was, you know what I mean? There were so many arguments. It was just, it was just a really, really tough season for everyone. With, behind the scenes, it was terrible, but we never showed it or told, talked about it in the press or to the thing because we had more respect for each other and, and the club sort of thing. And it was, it was really hard. And I think Laws had done really, really well that summer to, to get rid of the players that he knew didn't perform, didn't want to be there. Had a bad attitude. Like I say I, I, I had another year left on my deal, so we obviously couldn't get rid of me anyway. But I, don't, I think he felt that I've still got more to give. Obviously, Stevie's gone on and got his move, and then I think it was a case of right, he will bring other loan players in, maybe. But luckily, they wasn't as good as what Stevie was or how he got got rolling. And then obviously went into the second season, and that's obviously when I've done really well uh, back myself. And still, obviously, the second season we um, we played Boston than away, I think. And uh, up to that, Lawsy said, right, we'll offer you a new deal. Okay. And I think it was something silly like an extra 25 quid a week. Do you know what I mean? For another three years. Something silly like that. And I was like, no, like Lawsy, like, I said, like, Gaffer, I can't sign that. Like, you know, it's another three more years. I'm going to be like 25 on, on this. Like, you know, I want to I get a house, that sort of thing. And I remember him saying, well, if you're not going to sign this contract, you better start scoring goals for me. Because I think I've gone, obviously... Obviously, a couple of goes, I'm not scoring. I remember he just ran at me in my face in, in his room, in his office sort of thing. And I felt a little bit intimidated because obviously this could turn into a fight sort of thing. But he said that. And I did you not? Obviously, he said that obviously during a week. And on a Saturday, played against Boston. And obviously, I've scored. And then I scored 10, go- 10 goals in 10 games, I think it was. Or 10 goals in 10 games sort of thing. And I was, just, you know, the relief thinking. <sighs> I, I said to him, you know, I can't sign that unless it's obviously a little bit more money. And he said, back, we've gone back to yourself, go and score me goals in if you want more money. And I went and done that. And it was like quite a relief sort of thing to think, right, I'm back to where I am now. Back to where I was 18 months ago when I first come here sort of thing. It was quite a, it was maybe a reverse psychology that he used on me. And it was very clever in what he did, uh, but not knowing that as a young boy. But no, that was, that was obviously what it was the first uh, couple of years at Scunford, which was very, which probably matured me to maybe understand it. And when, when we talked about, obviously, Norwich, when they said about going down there to toughen him up, did it heck tougher me up down at fucking Torquay? Do you know what I mean? Or come back to Norwich. Being at Scunthorpe for them two and a half years, between 19 and 21, they were the tough years to make me realise exactly what it's like to be a man, what it's like to be a pro footballer and what I need to do. And it was very, very interesting. Well, as you mentioned, you do start scoring and you've just said yourself it was 10 in 10. I think you get 20 for that season. So just thinking about what you've just said there, was part of that, you going into that form, was a part of it trying to get back at Laws? What I wanted to do was, was back myself to realise I'm, I'm as good as what I think I am and I, what I can be at, as well as I wanted to be the fans' favourite again and look at me instead of Steve McLean, as well as I want to go and earn as much money as I can. I want clubs to come and look at me and I want a little bit to throw back in Laws' face. So it's just, it's just the whole recipe. Like, I always pride myself on, on prideness. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. if I play bad, I feel so embarrassed. If I play well, I'm so happy with myself. Do you know what I mean? And it was like a case of, like... I've gone through a good stage of my time in Scunthorpe. I've gone through a terrible time at my time in Scunthorpe where people think he's not as good as what he thinks. He's crap. Do you know what I mean? You know, why have we got him anymore? He should, he should sod off back to London. All this sort of spill that, you know, you hear people talking about, people say to you. Um, and it was like, right, do you know what? For everything that's been thrown my way, 
I need to have a good, good season. I need to back myself and, and, like, and that sort of thing. And, and it was good, like say, it was a case of like, I know Andy Ko come in as well. Um, and we complement each other quite well. Um, Torpy was there as like a, a, a talisman, as a, as a big man. Um, we just we just linked, and I think where well, I think Laws done really well in. He brought a man in at the back, Andy Crosby, because uh, we lost Jacko, um, who was who was a who was our captain, who was a you know aggressive guy, who was a leader sort of thing. And we lost him, and we couldn't get a centre half. We didn't have a centre half that would take over from that sort of thing. So we brought Andy Crosby in, who was at Oxford, who was a leader. A big man. He brought Ian Barraclough in, who was again, who was a man who was six foot, six foot uh, two, but he played, played obviously QPR, Notts County, a, a good level. He had Torpy down the middle. Um, at myself, um, he had uh, Ian, um, sorry Richard Kell, who's a big six foot uh, centre midfielder who could play as well. And we just down the spine, we had we had we had strength. Do you know what I mean we had height, we had strength, we had experience. And then the wingers, like you say, we had, you know, we had Beeks, we had uh, Sparrow, we had um, Cleveland. We had, we had players that could, you know, who could assist, who could score goals. And we just, we had a great team then as a spirit. And I backed myself. And that, that was, at the two and a half years I was there, that was by far the best team that I played with. Up to then, I thought, you know what? I'll back us. We will score goals. We'll also, we'll, we'll, consider, we'll keep clean sheets. We'll obviously win our battles in midfield. We'll be fit than them. We'll be more experienced than them. Each team that we play against, and I backed ourselves. And like I say, we hit the ground running. We're on a good run, uh, and then the confidence build. And then we just, it just, it was just natural. We're just doing playing games, and we, we backed ourselves. And it was, it turned out to be a, a fantastic, great season. Like I say, I was obviously scoring the goals, um, but the team just kept, we just kept winning, and we and we got more fans back and to believe in us because like I say, it was such a tough season. The season before, where we nearly got relegated into the to the championship, which like you say, people saying, you know, how many years like we've been in the football league? We can't go back there, sort of thing. It'll, it'll crumble the team. It was a case of like it was, there was even talk saying that if we did get relegated, we'll go part time because the club can't afford to be in the conference. And it was just, you know, that, that was all over our heads and it was worrying sort of thing. We managed to stay up and was like, right, you know, let's just can't happen that again. And we didn't say about like we're going to get promoted, but it was a case of right, let's just take game by game. Let's see where where we can go. Let's not be you know, down the bottom anymore. Let's just get back to the old way sort of thing. And I say the players he brought, and you can see in pre-season, like this now is like a togetherness. Like this is, this is a good group of players. We're backing ourselves and training was good. And we just hit the ground running. It turned out, like I say, it was, it was just, everyone just played to their potential and it, it really got us going. It was good. Really good. We spoke to Lawsy fairly recently and he said he prided himself on a good cup run. Um, and we've kind of done this to death with Cleveland and Ian Barraclough. Um, but I think it'd be remiss if we didn't ask you this question. Obviously, the goal at Stamford Bridge, just talk us through that, talk us through the day and, um, you know, what a good experience that was. Yeah. I know why Laws wanted a good cup run, so they can get more money to buy players. <laughs> 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 so that's why he bribed himself. He might keep it quiet, but I he wanted some more money off uh, my granddad. <laughs> but no, it was... Um, no, it was, it, to be honest, like, I think, you know, maybe maybe not so much now, obviously teams do, but back then, um, clubs, smaller clubs in the lower leagues definitely needed uh, cut runs because, you know, they, they needed to stay afloat with uh, players' wages um, and things like that. So they really needed a good cut run. So I knew that anyway. So um, going into it, we, uh, we obviously went on a... Because I remember, I think the season before... I think we played Aston Villa um, in the cup, I think it was. So that gave us a little bit of a cup run. Um, I can remember, I think it was Aston Villa. Um, or was it Leeds? One or the other. Um, so it gave us a little bit of a, of, of a money breather. So we are going into that season there and we was like, right, we're going to cup run. And I remember us playing um, Wrexham. I don't know if that was in the that was in the second round. And there was a league above us at the time. And they uh, it, was on, it was on Sky sort of thing. And just building into it, thinking, right, let's, let's back ourselves. I think we played Chesterfield in the first round with League One. And we beat them 2-0 at home, thinking, right, OK, that's quite a tough game already. Then we played Wrexham in the second round, thinking, gee, like, any chance of us getting an easy tie? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Playing a team above us sort of thing. But we were playing well. Like I say, we was, we was always in the top three all season. So, um, constant high anyway. But we've, if anything, you want to play teams down the bottom to get through the rounds. And um, play Wrexham on Sky at home. Beat them on Sky, which is great. Um, and then going to the third round, then we get obviously a draw going at Chelsea, and it's like surreal. Like we're playing Chelsea away, and not only that, this is obviously when Mourinho's second season at Chelsea, I think it was they were throwing their money about. Um, 
obviously they went and won that league that year as well. And it was just like, wow, like we are actually playing the best team in the Premiership right now. The best, well, arguably one of the best managers in the world. You know, we've arguably probably, the, you know, very good, like international players. Like I wouldn't say the, the best ones in the world, but some of them obviously are. But, you know, where you're thinking, right, really can't wait to test ourselves. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this sort of thing. It was, uh, like I said, it was just a surreal moment. So it was, it was, it was brilliant. Brilliant, like I say, brilliant for, for the fans, for the club, for the money, for Lawsy testing stuff like against Mourinho, for us players to play against their players. Um, and like you say, it was, you know, for us to go 1-0 up after eight minutes, it, you know, people say, oh, you know, it shouldn't be written a script, that sort of thing. But like you say, going into that game, personally, I thought if I get two chances, I'm happy with myself. And as long as we don't lose five or six or seven or eight nil, we're happy. We'll go away happy because... It's the experience, do you know what I mean? Obviously, you want to score, you want to win, that sort of thing, but realistically, you're not going to. But I just thought, you know, if at least I could get a chance or two, like, say, so you're going to be on match of the day, do you know what I mean? You say, like, do you know what I mean? He scored, you know, I had an opportunity, like, you know, you, you can at least go on thinking, right, oh, imagine if I did just put it in that corner, imagine if I did take an extra touch, or well, things like that, sort of thing, you back yourself. But then, um, like you say, after eight minutes, I just, like I say, Sparrow's ever so well. I don't know how it's held, held off Drogba, by the way. Uh, to this day, that's his that's his chat up line to any bird, and uh, he's uh, he's used that, um, and he's and he's putting a no matter what he says. If I don't know if you've interviewed him, but his cross was very very poor. If you notice, his left foot, and knowing Spadge that I did for three years, I knew he could not kick a ball with his left foot. So as soon as he come onto his left foot, I seen crossing. It, I thought I need to get in front of my defender here because he's he's not reaching. He cannot kick a ball more than ten yards with his left foot. So as the balls come in, I knew it was along the ground as well. I've got in front of my man, I've held him off. And then as he got tight to me, I just thought, right, I can spin him here and get a shot off. So that's as, as I got shot off. And then Goodachini's come out and I've just put it through his legs and it's just gone in the goal. But it's just, it was just like you say, he's, he's written the stars really that he's in front of our, our fans as well. Like you say, six and a half thousand down the bottom there, right in front of them. Like it just, it just geared you up to think, Do you know what? Whatever happens now, it happens. But for us to be one new up at Stamford Bridge, and you know what? They've not conceded for nine hours prior to that game as well. So it, um, it really opened up your eyes to think, wow, what an achievement Scunthorpe did that day to be 1-0 up after 16 minutes. Like, we scored after eight, but another eight minutes we was, we was in front. And then like you look at it, they've only, was it, I think it was 1-1 at half-time as well. And I think, was it 1-1? No, it might have been 2-1, sorry, because I remember scoring. And then it wasn't until they scored at the end when they brought in uh, Robin, which obviously, what a substitution that is, by the way. Um, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the capability of doing that sort of thing. just to, And they were 2 1 up at the time there. They didn't really need to bring him on, but they did. And it sort of, as soon as Joe Cole got it, got at his feet, passed, obviously done it like a 25 yard dive to him. He's running through one on one goal. It's like, that's why he's obviously had the career that he's had because he's just ruthless. I didn't like, he was just sharp. He was just so good. And like you said, uh, Drogba playing, Kesman, Good Johnson, the front three. Um, and it was just, just surreal. Do you know what I mean? And uh, Joe Cole, uh, Jeremy, and Oh, some some um, Spanish midfield, I can't remember his name now, but yeah, it was just it was just surreal. Like you say, just it was packed as well. I didn't even think Stamford Bridge was going to have a full crowd. I thought that you know they might maybe bring maybe fifteen or twenty thousand tops, maybe. Do you know what I mean? I mean, but it was packed out, and it just shows that. And do you know what? Like you say, we all got clapped off by the Chelsea fans. Like to say, like they all clapped us off to say, like what a game that is, what an achievement. You gave us a tough game there for a while. Like we were sure the best, and the fans gave us a stand ovation as as a team. And it, it sort of you lost, but you won more than anything. Do you know what I mean? To think like, wow, now we can really kick on. But, but interesting story there. So um, obviously after that game, sort of thing, uh, Mourinho said like, you know, you can come into the the away change room. Do you know what I mean get a few autographs? More than welcome. That sort of thing. I thought, you know what? What a great guy that is. Like for all the things that they say, like we didn't know too much about him at the time there, but he, um, you know, we just knew that you know he's going to be quite daunting to meet. Do you know what I mean? He's going to be quite intimidating, sort of thing. But come in, he was like, right, any of you people want to come in? Any players, staff, come in, come and see us. It's literally, literally about two minutes when we got into the change rooms because obviously Marina probably didn't have too much of a team talk from afterwards because they've just won the game and they've got through. So we've gone in there. They had loads of food on to start with. We've gone round, got our shirts, we've got their shirts, sort of thing, got it all signed, sort of thing. And then uh, Mourinho come up to me. He goes, um, "You, you, I, I, I like you. I, 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 I like the way you play." He said, um, uh, "You, you, you, would you play abroad?" I said, "Yeah, of course, of course, I play abroad. Hundred percent play abroad." I said, um, 
how, how much you how much you cost? I went uh, a Mars bar, like just purely and utterly just bantering, just messing around. I say I'm 21 at a time. Do you know what I mean? Like surely it's sheltered, like thinking like is this a wind up? So I just was like, just the Mars bar. He was like, what? Yeah. I said, no, no, listen, listen. Uh, he, he looked at me all confused. And I was like, no, no, no listen, uh, probably won't cost much. I said, but yeah, I'll play a, I'll play a broad yeah, also will. Thank you. Obviously. And then he went, obviously, out and obviously into, into a room, was on the phone. And I thought, oh, this is, this is so surreal. Like, this is so interesting. Like, Marino's just actually spoken to me, asking me, you know, would I play abroad? How much will it cost? That sort of thing. Got into his thing. Obviously, went home. Absolutely buzzing. Like, say, I had all my all my friends, family there, they, they've obviously travelled, obviously Essex is probably about 45 minutes from Chelsea, sort of thing, they've got a big mini bus, so on the mini bus on the way home with everyone, sort of thing, just, just knacker, just surreal, just like thinking that, like, I just got to Chelsea, I've got a shirt, Joe, Joe Cole shirt, got it all signed, I've just met John Terry, Frank Lampard, Dio Drogba, Johnny Maria's just spoken to me, like it's just surreal, and I remember, um, we obviously played that game, and then we had to play some catch-up games, so we played Berry um, the next game, and I, Kid you not, it's probably one of the top three worst games I've ever played. Uh, we, we lost 1-0. Uh, we was all quite bad, but I think arguably I was probably the worst player on that field. I couldn't, I don't know, what, like I say, it was just a case of, I think it was just that Lord Mayor after show, do you know what I mean? As a case of like, you know, it just, it just took so much out of me. Like I thought that, you know, I just played awful, really, really bad. And I think Lawsy kept me on the field purely because I just got against Chelsea before that sort of thing. But looking back, they should have bought me off after about 25 minutes. I was awful, dreadful. Um, and the next game, I think I was obviously, I think I was poor as well the next game, but not as bad as that sort of thing. And I, obviously, after that sort of thing, I got told Chelsea come and watch me in the next two games. Um, for for us, obviously, a, basically like a confirmation of thing. You know, what is he going to be good enough for, for us to, you know, to put him into another club or to sell him on or, you know, buy him or whatever it's going to be. But listen... I don't think a Sunday league manager would have took me off for them two games. So my, uh, my, uh, how much I've done well that day, and Mourinho talked about me, and obviously talked about him playing a brawl, maybe in Portugal, whatever he's going to do. Yeah, Chelsea didn't come back after them two games. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go back into the league then for a second, because you've mentioned uh, some of the derby games against Hull and Lincoln. Uh, obviously, we played Grimsby as well for the first time in, in quite a long time. We scored both the goals. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember? Do you remember the moment? Yeah, yeah, can you remember the moment where the keeper and the oh. defender collide? And then what was that like scoring in front of the uh, Cod fans there? What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> I saw it a mile off. Um, yeah, no, the, the game built up to it. So obviously we got told, like, we haven't played Grinsby for so many years. Like you say, they've obviously just been relegated to League Two, where we are. Like, they felt that they were a big club. You know what I mean? Been a championship for quite a long time. They've been League One for a few years, been relegated. And they were like, in a transition of, like, not being obviously as good as what they thought they were going to be. So we knew ourselves as fans and, and the players, like, this means a lot to us. Like, we can't wait to, to play and sort of thing. And like I say, we were doing well at the time. I think Grinsby just outside the playoffs. And we, um, doing into it was like, right, we're at home. It's a, like I say, it was a, it was a, I think it was a nighttime game, I think. I can remember Tuesday night, I think it was, because they obviously don't want the, uh, the old, um, people in the booths today nice and early. So they want us to do on a Tuesday night, so there's not too many drunk people in fights. So um, I, I might be wrong, but you can obviously recall, I think it was a nighttime game. And we, um, yeah, like, I think, um, I think we got a, a free, we got given a free kick sort of thing for a first goal. And then Burrow, like I say, because he's played at a level and he was quite switched on, I think he's, or Beeg's played quick. That's it, Beeg's played quick to Burrow because he made a run. And then Burrow's played a lovely ball across the goal for me from 18 yards. And Because obviously back then I was quite quick, weren't I? <laughs> now I'm only messing. I've um, got in front of the defenders. I've got in front of Rob Jones, which is brilliant, which I wind him up all the time about that. Um, Dean Gould and stuff like that. And then I, I just, like I said, ball come across and I backed myself a side foot into the, into the corner um, and scored. I go 1 0 up. I was like, right, this is electric now. Let's, let's kick on, sort of thing. And then, like you say, going into the second half, and like you say, they've, they've, they've won the seconds. I think they've headed the ball, gone back to Crozer. And like I say, where Crozer was like very good and experienced, he thought, right, I'm going to side foot this up and over the defenders put them into trouble. Hazel will probably, you know, more likely run onto it sort of thing. Um, and obviously, as obviously I'm going to get there first. I've seen the keeper steaming out. I'm thinking, he's going to head this obviously away. But in the corner of my eye, I'm thinking, I've seen two defenders here running. Thinking, what are they doing? So I'm thinking, you're going to collide. You're going to collide. So obviously, I've, if you've seen the video, I've backed off a little bit onto the side and then I've just seen disaster. Three of them gone bang. 
thinking, this is this is beyond schoolboy level. This is the most idiotic thing I could see. And with all that Dean Gordon, who's playing the Premiership, you've got, um, who's the other centre-half? I can't remember the other centre-half. Was it Whittle? It was Whittle, yeah. Yeah, Whittle. I remember playing against him a whole sort of thing. It was a dirty band. He was. He always he pinched me and tried to jab me in the side sort of thing. I had a good brassle with him. Um, and saw these two just come steaming into the goalkeeper. I think, what are you doing? Uh, they've got out and I thought, oh my God, I couldn't have an easier goal. So I was buzzing to, and as I said, to pass it into the goal in front of all their fans as well. Oh, I was like, this is, this is what jeans are made of. But I've just got to get to Chelsea a few months ago. Now I'm going to be celebrating in front of Grimsby fans. This can't be any sweeter. As you can see, I soaked it up, sort of thing, giving the old ear to say, like, I can't hear you now, like, what are you saying? And then Cleveland comes over and he gives it a little bit and talks, gives it a little bit. And just, I should have milked it a bit more, if I'm honest. I should have done. <laughs> and that, that summer, obviously, we got promotion. Um, we came second. Did that feel a bit, a little bit of a disappointment, given we were that far clear? At uh, little percentage, yeah. I can't deny it to say, yeah, like, because obviously you go for the whole season like I said we was in the top three I think we only dropped out of it once all year I think it was I think we dropped down to fourth once uh, but like the whole season was in the top three um, and I think Yeovil won it didn't they um, Southampton come third or they won the playoffs I can't remember what it was but I remember us going down to Yeovil because we had we played Yeovil and we played I think it could have been Exit or it was someone no we played Jovo and we played Torquay so what we've done is I think we played one on a Tuesday one on a Saturday so Laws is like right we're going to go down there um, I think yeah I think we played Jovo on a Saturday someone else on a Tuesday so right, we're going to stay down there instead of us travelling back to go back again chairman's paying the money for us to stay down there because we're so close to promotion I think it was like sort of March time or whatever it was and um, Jovo in around us I think there might be top whatever it was we went down there and we actually beat Jovo 4-3 um, remember scoring a two goal only bring up because I scored the goals <laughs> I don't remember the four games. So I was scored the two goals. Um, we were beaten 4 3, and it was quite a scrappy, you know, game at the end there, sort of thing. We managed to get the win, thinking, right, this is, Johnny's you know I mean? put us top. You know, we're really going to push on now. Like, we're going to win the league, sort of thing. And it was sort of, you know, it was a bit of a yo yo, you know, us and Yeovil and, and Southing got a little bit involved, sort of thing. It was all battling out, sort of thing. And I see towards the end, sort of thing, thinking, right, we still win it. But then, yeah, we, we obviously finished, um, finished second. So part of us as a team was like, right, Disappointing because you want to you want to hold the, the cup because you don't get anything to come in second or third. Do you know what I mean? You get no, you get obviously a medal, but there's no cup, there's no nothing. So you finish fourth or fifth or sixth, and you win the playoffs, you get a trophy. Do you know what I mean? To lift up and, and celebrate. When you come second or third, you've got no trophy. So it's a case of buzzing that we've got promoted, but also like you know we we have you know. We have, we're not holding up a trophy, don't we? We're not like round celebrating, got the banner there, sort of thing. It was, do you know I mean, it was, it was so yeah, it would have been nice if we won it, but at the time, now I think we're playing, we played, we played Shrewsbury away, was it? Yeah, Shrewsbury yeah. away, yeah, was in our yellow kit, weren't we, sort of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I remember us going there, I mean, the great game meadow, weren't it? The old, the old ground. Um, it was again, I think it was, I think it was a freaking awful game, whatever it was. It was terrible. I remember playing there twice, both awful games. I think we've got a thing about that. And, um, and uh, yeah, we, we uh, think we managed, I think, nil-nil or 1-1, one, one, whatever it was, it was a close game. But we knew, like you say, as long as we, as long as we don't lose, we're obviously going to go up sort of thing. But knowing that we didn't, I don't think we won, so we couldn't win the league anyway. So they got the thing, but like you say, we had a lot of support there. And it was just, you know, a case of, like you say, two years ago when we got in the playoffs and we lost to Lincoln, it was a case of that. It felt like the season just felt wasted. Do you know what I mean? You've got to play all them games, you give up... You know, you've body, you battered your body for 50 games. Do you know what I mean? You've had arguments, you've played well, you've had days off, you've, you've been in on days, you've had double sessions, you've gone through pre-season. You know, all the sort of spill that you have, and you think, what a waste of a season. Then, obviously, then you get promoted, you're like, wow, what, that, all that was worth it. Everything that you've gone through, the hurt, the suspensions, the injuries, the arguments, the nights out, the hangovers, do you know what I mean? The battered by the fans, getting booed off, getting cheered on, all the sort of spill that's going on. Um, it just felt like, you know, it's worth it now. Like, we've, we've gone up now. We've, it's brilliant because we obviously haven't been promoted for a while. And it, just, it, was, just, it was just good. Do you know what I mean? I, I backed myself to get promoted during the season because we had such a good squad. But it was just nice so when we got over that line. Right, brilliant. Now I've got my first, um, I've got my first um, promotion at 21. Uh, but then in that summer, that is the, the time when you turn down the new deal and the first time you leave the club. And obviously you go to Barnsley with Richard Kell. Uh, Laws, when we spoke to him, he told us that he was disappointed because he did want to keep the squad together. But what were your reasons for going? Um, 
I think at the time there, I think what it was, I'm trying to relate back to it. So I remember, um, so me and Lawsy back then, we had a bit of an indifferent relationship. So even though I was doing well, um, his relationship with me wasn't as strong or as good really as what it was the first year. Because I think the, he still, Lawsy holds grudges. He did as a manager, maybe not now, but he did as manager. And I think the second season when I went into it, when obviously was disagreeing, was arguing, I asked to leave. He wanted, didn't want me to play me anymore. He kept me on the bench for ages. He put me in the stands a couple of games, you know what I mean? Just to try and mess with me or, you know, punishment or whatever it was going to be. We didn't really rekindle our same things we did the first year. So the, the first season I was there, it was, we all tolerated each other in a way, shall I say. Um, and it was, uh, it was a case of that. And I just, I just felt like, you know, do I go, go up a season? I know, obviously, they were looking to maybe bring uh, Billy Sharp in at the time. And I thought, they've got Andy Keogh here, looking to get Billy Sharp in. Torpy's still here. Where does that really leave me? Am I going to play much? Am I going to go back to what I was with Steve McLean the year previously and not play? Also, we've gone up a, up a league. Are Scunthorpe really going to push on? Because I've got my own individual goals where I want to get back into the championship and do well. Have, have Scunthorpe got the, the capability of really extending their squad and, and bringing it in sort of thing. And Lawsy didn't really involve me in knowing what was really going to happen with the, with the squad, with the ambition, things like that. And it was very much seemed like it was just a case of, let's just see how the season goes. Like, more likely we're going to maybe get relegated or we'll be battling relegation. And, but let's just, just focus on that. And I think, well, two years ago when we was doing that, I wasn't playing. So is that going to be a case again? And it just, it just towards your head sort of thing. And, and building that season, I know um, we had a director... Um, that went to Barnsley at the time and then um, Barnsley started watching me last few games of the season and obviously ironically obviously Yeovil wanted me as well uh, Glenn, uh, Gary Johnson um, so they both obviously got in touch with me towards the end of the season because I said to Lawsy obviously towards the end I said look how important it is for us to get promoted let's talk about it in the season and I genuinely mean that like I wasn't talking to anyone but obviously towards the end my agent saying so and so wants you and I said listen let's just get over the season first and I'm going to the off season and I was like, right, what am I going to do with myself? Like, I need to wait up all the options. So to my family and friends and, and, and other teammate, ex-teammates and teammates saying like, about this and the other sort of thing. They're telling me about what's going on and stuff like that. And um, I went, obviously, spoke to, went down to Yeovil after that, a weekend of the season. Um, Gary Johnson really looked after me. Him and Lee Johnson really looked after me, showed me around the place, told me about their ambitions, what they want to do. They want to go to the championship in the next couple of years and invest in these players. Um, Obviously, I spoke to Steve Silson at Southend and he said, I want you to um, want to bring you in with uh, Freddie Eastwood. We're really going to push on and really get into the championship and, you know, build a team around you and Freddie. So I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. I spoke to Barnsley. I went around Barnsley. They showed me around the place. Um, good club. Um, and I thought it's got loads of history here. Do you know what I mean? It's been an established championships, uh, championship team before and they want to push on. They've got some really good players here that I know of. Um, and then when I went back and spoke to Lawsy, it was a case of, that's the offer. Take it or leave it. See how it goes. And I felt like I wasn't getting as much love as I wanted to as what I was going to get from Yeovil, Barnsley and uh, Southend. They're saying, you know, we want to do this. We're looking to do this in the future. We want to build it around you and so-and-so. You're going to be playing out front with him. It's a case of... And I think deep down, I think Lawsy was thinking like, maybe a case of he probably thinking I've probably played as best as I can. Maybe I think as well as he's probably thinking that he wants to bring Brady Sharp in and Jeremy with Andy Keogh and, and Torpy and not feature me. And, and if I sign, then great, because I'll be his third or fourth choice and that's not a bad option for him. Do you know what I mean? But I felt like he wasn't treating me as like, you know, I wanted to be like, he's number nine. Do you know what I mean? He's number, number one to start with. And if I don't, don't do well, then I don't play. But at least give me that opportunity. Don't think that, right, we're going to up a league now. Someone else going to come and take you up the spot. You're just going to sit back and wait for it now. Well, I've done well for him. Do you know what I mean? I've got 20 goals for him in, the, in League 2 at 21. So I felt like that was maybe my mind made up that I didn't get as much appreciation of Lawsy. But Mr. Warren done everything he could, really, in a way, like phoning me up, t taking me around his house, saying, look, maybe can we do this? Can we do that? We don't want you to leave, that sort of thing. But ultimately, Mr. Warren, the chairman, doesn't pick the team. He doesn't do training. He doesn't do that. He's just done things from afar. So it wasn't enough for me to think, do you know what? I want this. Do you know what I mean? So. So I went around them clubs, uh, which every time every right to do that sort of thing, go out of contract. But knowing that there's a tribunal over my head, Barnsley said, "Listen, 
this is what we can offer you. These are the ambitions. These are you going to play. These are the play. And even Andy Ritchie, the manager, said, "Look, these are the players that I'm going to be signing as well." So he showed me the players that he wants. I mean, you think I'm 21 years of age, and you're showing me who you want to sign like that. That that shows a lot of respect levels already. Um, and I was like, "Do you know what?" And Barnsley said, "Look, whatever the tribunal money is, it's not a problem. Write that off. We'll, we'll pay for that sort of thing." Um, so my mind was made up to think, "Do you know what? You're ticking all my boxes here." So, and I, plus I don't have to move down to Yeovil, move to Stomper, Southend. I, I can still live in my house and travel to Barnsley. So that, that was, like I say, they're the, all the main figures why I signed for Barnsley at a time where the fans don't know too much about it, don't think about it, um, don't know the full story sort of thing. But that, that was it. Like, I didn't feel much love, appreciation. I didn't obviously felt that the ambition there that Lawsy really wanted at the club, what was going to go on, fitted my, at 21 years of age, I scored 20 goals and I've got my own targets to wanting to be in the championship to push on. Didn't really fit anything. And like you said, I just didn't want to sit through another season what I did two years ago. So they, they all played a massive uh, part of my life. Why am I, why did I make the decision? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.